0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Our Title Was Taken podcast. We're joining you in a very good mood after watching England knock out Germany in the round of 16 of the Euros. Today's episode is going to be on the Sistine Chapel. This was highly recommended to us by Sidan, so I'm just going to pass on to him so he can explain his love of general things in Italy.
1: Yeah, so um, I'll be honest, this is our second recording of the intro of the episode because I I made a technical error. But I was just explaining to everyone how... Everyone can probably guess my love of the Sistine Chapel and the Apostolic Palace because of the fact that we had we did the Venice episode a couple of months back. And rather than talking about Venice, I went on a twelve-minute tangent about Rome instead. And uh, which Cushel was a great fan of, actually. I, I remember him being so fond of me talking about Rome. He, he was instead. the one
2: that recommended to talk about the Venice and then was like, oh, <laughs> yes. you know, you know, let, 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 let's just go talk about
1: Rome <laughs> instead. I'll be honest, at that point, I actually forgot that we were doing Venice specifically. I thought we were just talking about Italy. And I, I got, yeah. But honestly, the the reason I love the Sistine Chapel so much is because of the fact that when I went there, the atmosphere and the absolute experience of just witnessing this monumentally fundamental and important piece of art was an ethereal experience and the fact is that its reputation and history transcends its actual beauty in some ways but the fact is that the history behind this beauty is breathtaking in its own right and I really wanted to talk about this so I will obviously just start it off and I want everyone to discuss this um but (coughs) obviously you know we were talking about this right before the Sistine Chapel is a kind of art uh, called fresco and uh, fresco, I believe, is plaster, you know, using plaster to create it. And the uh, the palace itself was created by an architect named Giovanni de Dolce. And this was obviously for a pope. The painting of the Sistine Chapel itself was done by Michelangelo and he was a very famous Renaissance painter. And I'm sure that everyone in our audience has heard of him at some point. He's also one of the namesakes of a teenage mutant ninja turtle, um, (laughs) if you guys are interested in that side of history. But, you know, he he was a great, uh, great painter, great just generally artist. And you know, if you've seen the Sistine Chapel, it's made of six arched windows on each of the side walls, and it's made of it's it's a re- the the chapel itself is just made of regular bricks, and it's just a normal building. People often often say, and actually, Kushal uh, said this right before that, the outside looks compar- uh, comparatively quite dull compared to the actual beauty that's inside, and is the actual Sistine ceiling chapel uh the 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 painting itself. And they were painted them they they themselves were painted for I think I think it took two to three years for the entire painting. And just again, before we talk about the depth of it, the I'm sure you know, it's hard to describe this, uh while you guys are listening audially, but you know the really famous uh guys help me out in describing this, but you know the really famous
0: creation of Adam painting
1: yeah the creation of Adam the, 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 one of the, the ra- yeah where the two fingertips are touching and the two yeah, characters yeah, yeah. are on clouds yeah that is from the Sistine Chapel if anyone didn't know about it before I ramble on for too much would anyone like to take the mic and, and like you know talk yeah,
2: about okay. what take they take um, the
3: Michelangelo number. stop Stop it stop
2: oh my <laughs> god that was so bad anyway okay I think I think I should probably <laughs> just add a few things to what uh, Sedan said um, I think a slight few questions so Sidan, uh, you said um, the work only featured Michelangelo.
1: I, I did not say that. I said that the, it was mainly made by Michelangelo. No, the painting. No, no, right?
2: Cydan, that, no, no, no. Okay, okay. So, okay, so the the probably the two most famous <laughs> ones of Michelangelo, which was the one on the ceiling oh, right, okay. and Last Judgment, which was over the altar. Right, right. However, on the Northern and Southern Wall, there were work featuring loads of different artists. Right. Um, And so, for the Northern Wall, um, it basically houses the stories of Jesus, and the art is going from around Testament. about... The Old Testament. Yeah, so it's stati- dating from around uh, the late 15th century, and the uh, same time period for the Southern Wall, but I believe that's due with the story of Moses. Oh, right, okay. So, and... Um, oh, yeah, I think it's the, the actual South actual wall, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Yeah, I read that thing it's with the South actual wall. architecture, Yeah, so, like, another thing with the, the actual architecture of the building, um, it's very similar to a lot of the medieval and... A lot of the Italian churches in the medieval and renaissance era which this was built in, and which is the style of art which you see here. Um, and it's basically... Its main feature is that it's just it's not extremely like flamboyant and bold because it is a church. uh, So it doesn't have many decorative details on the actual outside. However, in the inside, the actual interior is completely different. Um, It's like these defined proportions, which are a main part of Renaissance architecture. And then in addition to that, another thing which I found extremely interesting was how the paintings were sort of tiered and organised. So... I' say like the bottom section, that bottom tier is uh painted is it painted or it's like a gold or silver walls, and then that second section, which is that houses the biblical scenes from the life of Moses and Jesus, so that's where we see a lot of the other artists. Then we see um paintings of the popes around. And I think you've got, like, two more, like, small sections and then you've got the actual ceiling. So mm. I find extreme, I find it extremely interesting how the paintings and how everything is sort of organised yeah. and it's done through tears. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, On I have front. to say, my favourite most interesting... Sorry, Zane, one second. I just wanted to say that my favourite most interesting part of the Sistine Chapel is, in fact, the ceiling that Michelangelo did. And uh, Zane, sorry, if you make your point, and then at the end I'd like to add stuff, you know, factoids about what Michelangelo did there.
0: Yeah, no, it, that's probably one of the most iconic features, actually, why the Sistine Chapel's no, well-known, because of the painting on the ceiling and how long it took Michelangelo to mm, make it. Yeah, I was actually thinking, I've, I've been to the Sistine Chapel, and I vaguely remember some sort of story about... I think it's something like a man's hand getting cut off, like a king's hand getting cut off or something. I can't remember if it's the Sistine Chapel or some other chapel. Wait, do you guys know about this? I mean, I've heard that... It might have been one of the paintings. I can't remember though.
1: I don't know. I mean, I've heard the fact. Uh, obviously, we were talking about the Taj Mahal a couple um, a couple of episodes ago, and we talked about the fact that there were you know there's a legend that uh, Shah Jahan, killed... no not killed but got most of the workers to cut their arms off or got someone to cut their hands off so they could never recreate such a beautiful thing. But I'd never heard this about the um, you know the 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 uh, Sistine Chapel.
2: Yeah. Wait, wait. So Zane, was it like, was it like a painting showing the story of like this, or was it like just maybe like the actual construction workers?
0: Yeah. I don't think it was a. It, it was. It was a story, like like one of those stories you tell children about. I don't know, not to steal or something. I can't remember what the story was, but there's, there was a kind of sculpture in it. I think. It yeah. It, it. It might had been, a hand in it, maybe. It, it might have been like
2: related to one of the works of art in it. Um. I'm not too sure because I haven't been able to like fully go through each work of art in the Sistine Chapel just because there's so many. Um, it might be there. If anyone out there knows what Zane's talking about, please go and comment on the Instagram and on the post because um, we'd love to find out more about that.
1: Yeah. Maybe, um, you know, someone, while other people are talking, we could have a quick Google search and just see what this story might be about. So, uh, but no, that's really interesting. Sorry, Zane, what else were you going to say?
0: Oh no, that that's it, that's it. I'm, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let I'll me just ask you a question. Search.
1: Let me ask you a question. When you went to the Sistine Chapel, what was your favorite part about it? Like, what, what? First of all, was it such a transcendent experience for you as it was for me? Um, and you know, why, why, why so?
0: I'll be honest. I went to the Sistine Chapel in twenty fourteen. So it's been a really long time. And I've been to okay. other places in Europe ever since. They've all just jumbled up into one memory. So, But I definitely remember looking at the uh, Michelangelo's painting. I remember the story. like He had to go on his ladder arches back and he had to keep moving the ladder around to keep painting it. And that ceiling is huge, by the way. It's, it's how uh, big could you 40 say it by 13 metres, I believe. 40 so, by yeah, 13 yeah, metres? So it's, so it's yes. over
2: 5,000 square feet. Which is which is like as big as some apartments. Square feet. Mm. So
0: yeah, it,
3: yeah it,
2: so it's that, a massive space. It's
1: absolutely stunning, and it's yeah. massive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And uh, you know, just gonna insert a factoid in there, but you know, the the uh, entire ceiling was created by Michelangelo, who was not, in fact, he did not do sculpting. Sorry, he did not do painting. He was a sculptor by trade, and then. He was sort of he reluctantly accept the uh, accept the thing because the pope I think it was the pope that commissioned it, and um, it was a huge undertaking because it was obviously the fresco thing and it, he had to do it quickly and because the ceiling is 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 not at an incline or not at a great incline he had to bend his back for the entire time and it was it's it's so beautiful and it's so weird to think that one man did all of that and it still stood the test of time or, or most of it at least. But it's it's uh, it's stunning.
3: I think quite an interesting story that I think we were sort of like briefly talking about before we started recording was about um, michelangelo and I think was a Raphael or um one of his sort of um rivals who actually gave him like I think it was something along the lines of um this person was sort of commissioned to do work in the Sistine Chapel and do um sort of fresco artwork on it. And then um, because they had a rival with Michelangelo, who actually didn't know like how to do this particular art style. No, yeah, he wasn't or, a
1: painter; he was a sculptor.
3: Yeah, he exactly. And so because of that, like he had sort of very minimal um, experience in this field. But then their rival was basically like, okay, I want to sort of embarrass Michelangelo yeah. by throwing him under the bus, and then he told the Pope like, hey. Um, I can do this for you, but then Michelangelo can also help out, because, like, he's an amazing artist, he can do fresco, etc. Yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, when the Pope, like, it's... Bearing in mind, I think this is, like, the 1500s or something, so the Pope has, like, immense power. Exactly, and so around this time, like, I find it hard to believe anyone would say no to the Pope. When he asks you to paint something in their chapel, then, like, Mm. you basically have to do it. And I forgot exactly who was saying that... um, It was basically after just like one day a lot of like trying practicing very hard like for the entire day and then like to basically perfect that sort of um style of painting and then he went like started painting the sistine chapel and like i find that not only to be like a true testament like how amazing an artist he is that he was able to transfer that quickly but like just the fact that not only did he do that in such a short amount of time but it's one of those pieces of art that has stood the test of time and it's still like so famous when there are other people who've spent their entire lives on this sort of on painting and stuff like that and they still don't have sort of the same recognition and the artwork hasn't stood the test of time as much as michelangelo who really wasn't an expert in that specific field i think like that's just an amazing story and like a true testament to
0: how amazing he was as an artist yeah, yeah. I was, you know, there's a lot of controversy surrounding it as well.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I felt that should probably yeah, wrap up soon. But um, one of the first ones was um, in I think a lot of uh, Michelangelo's paintings, um, it showed like exposed genitalia. And of course, with this being early 16th century, with the Pope, um, a lot of people were very annoyed about that and how it sort of went against, uh, sort of like the rules of the uh, Christianity and. Catholicism at that time, uh, so I believe there was a censorship campaign, which was known as uh, the Fig Leaf campaign, which was basically organised to get someone to cover up all of it. Um, from what I believe, I believe it was later covered up, but it was a whole massive controversy surrounding that. And then that's only one of the many controversies. Like there's still a lot more about the restoration work of the actual paintings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just want to say a couple of things before we wrap up. And actually, the idea of wrapping up uh, genitalia on, on famous art uh, is, is not new. Have you guys heard that in some... I think I was at the Victoria Albert Museum a couple of years ago, and one of the tour guides was explaining that actually there were some statues either in the Victoria Albert Museum or it's it, some other statue somewhere around the world where there were other artists, uh, who had to put like, they'd done it with, and the genitalia was showing on the statues, but then they were instructed or other sculptors came in and put like leaves on top of the genitalia to hide it. And then later it was also sort of removed or something or the other, it was, it was quite common practice. Um, but the other thing I want the other thing I wanted to say was, um, Yes. Yeah, so does anyone know what the Sistine Chapel, like one of the biggest uses, is?
2: Uh, isn't it a residence? Well, that's what his intended purpose was meant to be.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to say that actually, that's where the new pope is decided, and the I mean, does everyone know how the pope is chosen, or should I just really quickly go over that?
2: Uh, you may as well go. Over.
1: Okay, it's a huge deal, and it's really really cool. But so you've got these uh people called preferiti. And then you've got the so preferiti were based there. I think it's three or four people who are most likely to become the pope. Right. Like it's sort of like an election panel and then some candidates. The election panels are the rest of the priests and the and the you know, the, the ministers who will be choosing. And it's one of the preferiti that are chosen to become pope. They stay in there until the decision is made and they don't leave. And they're not allowed to leave until a decision is made as to who the priest, as to who the next pope is. So they get they, they they, stay in the building. They're not allowed to leave. And the other thing is that you can tell if they're still making a decision because outside there's this thing where they uh, there's a, outside the Sistine Chapel. There's this thing which gives off smoke. So it gives off it gives off. white. I think it's white smoke if they haven't chosen yet. And at the moment of n- the new papal selection, they launch red smoke. Super cool. Um, But, you know, the Sistine Chapel, it's not just an artwork. It's a functional building and it's a huge, you know, religious powerhouse, um, which I think is really cool that a religiously charged and more artistic building can now still be seen as a major edifice which is used for religious purposes. And with that, I'd like to wrap up today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to watch today's episode on the uh, Sistine Chapel and it's all its magnificent glorious beauty thank you very much for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed something and learned something and have the same passion for the Sistine Chapel and Italian and Roman architecture that I do and if you guys want to hear more episodes please tune in to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, every other podcast website which you can imagine as well as being able to contact us on our Instagram at Podcast. Thank you very much and see you guys for the next episode.